Welcome, everybody. This is Paul with the Discover It Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the power of faith and church. And Ray, it's going to be our presenter today. So let's go ahead and give Ray the uh, the mic. Go ahead, Ray. Hey, thanks, Paul. Um, tonight, I want to talk about the power of um, power and faith. And in church, and um, this is I, I want to go a little bit beyond belief in the historical accounts that are uh, presented in in uh, Christianity and in some other religions as well, and just speak to some of the power and how it correlates to our our lives in both faith and in church because getting involved in church is something I've been doing uh, more recently in my life and kind of had these, uh, these epiphanies of the effects that it can have in your everyday life that goes beyond where you find, you know, a lot of us, I think we look for the uh, proof, you know, what, Myself, I've I've kept a distance from religion most of my life because, you know, I just uh, it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me some of the things that were being claimed or, you know, I, I would notice some contradictions, some things that, you know, in the Bible I'm like, I don't, it's hard to determine whether that is factual, you know, or if that actually happened. And the Bible saying that God said it, but He said it through Jesus and you know, a little bit too much there for me to be able to uh, verify. But more and more, I've come to see some of the power in uh, in faith and in uh, going to church that, that, like I said, transcends that search for uh, legitimacy. And, um, you know, teach their own. I think that, um, ironically, I've seen a lot of that power after coming to know my own connection, you know, my own relationship with God. And uh, I think for some people, potentially looking at the power, your connection with God and going to church could have in your, your personal life may may bring people to a closer relationship with God and uh, you know and, and so one thing being with, with faith a lot of us have trouble with uh, believing in things that we can't see so that leaves people in a in a predicament where they have, you know, very little hope, very little motivation, very little uh, strength to to do what is necessary in order to to grow. Um, we all know that it's it can be difficult and challenging to get from one place to another, especially when you've been in that place for so long, so you become used to it. Um, without believing in something larger or greater than yourself, you tend to feel alone, you know, in that fight. And so that's 
it's a very difficult place from which to uh to move and uh to maneuver and it's understandable for people to to lack that faith and and to be searching for some sort of proof some sort of uh fact based evidence and I, I just want to make that connection to it, you know, in, in Christianity and the Bible, they refer to this as the devil. You know, a lot of people have issue with that word, that terminology. Um, in the Discovery program, we talk about it. And I noticed lately that it has that tendency to rule out anything that can uh, that could possibly help us or heal us. So we've got to be mindful of that tendency in us to find rationalization toward, you know, for basically self-destructing. You know, we're always looking for a, a good reason to self-destruct. And when we find it, we, we, we hold to it like we found the truth, you know. Essentially, I mean, it's interesting to, to look at that and to consider why are we... Um, why are we searching for justification for destruction, you know, of ourselves and the world around us and to be mindful of where that may be coming from. And I think like looking at it from a scientific approach that nature um, strives towards equilibrium. So essentially there would be a force in us that's trying to keep us where we're at or to naturally draw us backwards unless we, tap into some will within us to move beyond that. So I think that that it is a part of that force that's always trying to drag us backwards. And it makes sense to me that nature would do that. Um, otherwise, everything would just, uh, would just move forward without any resistance. It seems to be a part of the balance of life that makes nature what it is. It's this ebb and flow, this push and pull. Um, when you talk about like natural selection, survival of the fittest, it's evident in so many things that there's an energy that is uh, applying resistance to everything because that gives the ability and the power of will to move forward its its purpose. You know, without a resistance pulling back on things, there would be no no need for will. And without will, there'd be, I don't think, any need for consciousness. And it would uh, it would negate any purpose of there being existence. So whether that's the purpose for existence or a, uh, a quality of existence, I think is, um, is not as important. But to understand that there is that correlation and so, so that we become more aware of the effects that that has on our consciousness and our thought process and the uh, the decisions that we make and, you know, be careful so that we're not unknowingly searching for the, the justification for self-destruction. And I see that, you know, in my own life with, with many things and, and in this particular example of church, essentially I've always been looking for justification to, um, to remain at a distance from something that on the face is, I, I would even argue, 
scientifically, when we look at human nature, is is uh, is pretty healthy. It's pretty uh, beneficial to our our well being, which is it leads me to the power of church. I think when you strip away the need to prove its validity and and uh, the issue most people take with the historical records, whether this happened, whether it didn't, when they uh, you know speak of the Last Supper and you know the relation, relationship of Judas and and then the disciples to Jesus and you know what happened on the cross, a lot of people take issue with whether that happened, whether they happened as as uh, as stated, things like that. But I think that if we look past those concerns, what you have is a community of people coming together um, in order to fellowship, in order to share testimony of what they've gone through, uh, share their experience in life with, with suffering, with uh, triumph and overcoming that suffering. You have people who are striving to be better people, who are sharing that positivity with one another, um, supporting each other in their times of need, you know, giving words of encouragement, uh, trying to send that energy of positivity that, you know, that most of us are lacking when you think about it, especially in this day and age where you have uh, so much separation and isolation. You know, most people go to work, they put on a mask, they uh they do they do the song and dance in order to get ejected, you know, and especially nowadays with inflation, it barely meets their needs, you know. And then they go home in isolation and, you know, uh locked away from the community that we're as a species designed to to function as a community and we're we're social animals. So we go to work, we put on this mask so that we can get through the day. Then we come home, isolate ourselves. We have very limited relationship with friends, with, you know, very little camaraderie in our lives. And we, and we deal with, you know, some of us are family. Some of us, you know, many of us have no family or not, not, not a whole lot of family. So to think of that condition that most of us are in. Right. And I think that that us being social, social animals, it's, uh, it's it's quite understandable that that would lead to some suffering um, in our hearts, our minds, and, and spiritually as well. And and so church is, in its simplest form, an outlet for that, a, a solution to that. It, never mind what they're talking about, you know, um, whether it be this form of Christianity, that form, uh, Judaism, um, you know, a lot, a lot of these different religions vary, they vary very literally, or very little, excuse me, in their beliefs in how things came about, you know, what, what happened first and then what, you know, uh, what fashion, but at its core are people coming together, striving to be better people striving to interpret the uh, teachings that, that prophets have laid out um, in, in, you know, times that have gone through very similar cycles as the ones that we're in now. So, you know, to anyone that believes the history repeats itself, these are people who were able to separate themselves from um, the happenings 
in the world around them long enough to try to uh, to uh, to uh, extract some sort of higher meaning and purpose and to guide people in the future who may have an even harder time of interpreting that same uh, those same meanings and, and, and values. Um, and, and like I said, it's it's people coming together, searching for those answers, trying to become better people, uh, trying to spread spread love and positivity, um, and support when needed. And I think we I think we really miss that that point of it. And I I you know to draw the comparison, I see that we do that in many things in our life. You know, like with uh, for instance, going to the gym. I compare almost everything to going to the gym. It's a very simple analogy that, uh, you know, when thinking of the the universal law of uh, as above, so below, I, I see a lot of parallels in, in much of things that are in life and, uh, you know, noticing those similarities can sometimes draw draw out of things you know, things that may otherwise be hard to see, but with, you know, going to the gym, we, um, in, in its simplest form is we're utilizing the body that, that we have that, uh, that we've acquired through, um, existing, you know, we come into this life, we have a body, you know, a physical body. We go to the gym to use that at its highest capacity, and we grow as a result. Um, so many things that we come up with that it does its best to help us to come up with that can that can cause us to miss that point. That you're essentially just going to use the body that has been given to you and to challenge it to grow. That's it. It, to me, that's a that's a huge aspect of our you know our time here on Earth uh, is to use what we've what we've been given, whether talents, uh, whether our physical body, our mind, our heart, you know, um, using our heart to love, our mind to to find solutions, our body to to carry us throughout that process. But how many excuses do we find to avoid going to the gym? To essentially avoid using our body. We've been given a body and we use it for the bare minimum just to get us from point A to point B. And if we don't exercise and challenge that body, it won't even do that for very long. You know, how many people uh, before the age of 40 have trouble walking? They've got developed knee issues, hip issues, need hip replacements, so many different uh, things that come about from apathy, lack of using what we've been given. And so, you know, to to look at it in that way and to, to draw attention to all the excuses that we are so good at coming up with, you know, like with the gym, I just got so many things going on. So you've got so many things going on that you'll neglect one of the most basic needs uh, of the human body that is one of the only ways of assuring that it can last, you know, have any longevity in order to execute those same, uh, 
demands that you are using as an excuse to avoid going to the gym. You know, it's like I've got these things to do, even though if I neglect my body long enough, I won't have a life to have a need for things to, to do. You know, you know what I mean? So um, it's interesting how we do that, but it makes sense. You know, when going back to that, um, you know, just that the reality that there's always been a resistance, uh, a resistance being applied to us. Um, I think that's a part of nature. It's, 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 uh, it's part of the duality of growth and progression. It's here to stay. It, it helps to just recognize that and accept that. But if you don't, it's easy to look the other way as this force takes effect on us on an everyday basis continually. It's constantly holding us back. We never really quite understand what's going on, why we would come up with these distractions, uh, you know, and then that's when we come up with the idea that we're our worst enemy. We think we're living with an enemy and we can't do anything about it. No matter what, we're going to self-sabotage X, Y, Z, yada, yada, yada. But it really helps to bring attention to it, to develop some understanding of why it's happening and to recognize and appreciate the power of these things that we're, we're working so hard to avoid. You know, we have worked to avoid going to the gym, using our body, growing, becoming stronger, ensuring at least to the degree that's in our power that our body will continue to function and not only to function, but to thrive. You know, you don't want your body to just barely function and you be in pain and suffering for the last 20 years of your life. I always say that, you know, a lot of times people live like they don't plan to live very long. You know, the the way that they neglect their body, they don't plan to live very long. I always say, well, God forbid you do. In that condition, you're going to wish you didn't. You know, imagine getting to 60, 70 years old and God willing, you live to 90, but the, the last 10, 20 years are just pure misery. Because your body's functioning, at times you wish it wouldn't function no more. You wish it just, you know, you go ahead and you go ahead and tap out and spare you the, the the misery. God forbid you do, and and you regret that you always, you know, that you've neglected so long. Very simply, using your body, using your body, challenging it to grow. And I think that 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 uh what I'm attempting to do here is to apply that same thought process to faith and to church or some form of uh, community that you engage in on a regular basis and, uh, and and just being mindful of why you would avoid that. You know, most people they're they're searching for that comfort in the isolation and, not realizing that they're uh, neglecting utilizing their social nature to engage with other people, to share their story, to uh, learn from their, you know, other people's stories, to, you know, fellowship, to uh, support each other, to help one another, to love one another. You know, we're, we're often avoiding that because we're afraid. A lot of us have gone through traumas, things like that in the past that teach us that to trust someone is to, to open ourselves up to disappointment. And, um, you know, a lot of this stuff when looked at very closely, it, it makes a lot of sense, but on the surface, it helps to, it just helps to recognize that 
we're often looking for uh, a way to avoid some of the things that that we need the very most. And that, you know, in terms of religion, things like that, faith, I just noticed that correlation a lot recently that, you know, most of my life that's what I've been doing is looking for some way to justify avoiding what was healthy for me, what was good for me, you know. Um, I've been accused of being an overthinker, and I think that that is uh, at least one time that that has been true. You know, of many that I sh- I'm sure, of, you know, applications of that uh, that fault. But in, in that way, you know, trying to uh, find some proof or needing some sort of verification or it, it's it's like needing, you know, someone's give you a million dollars and, you, and you've got a uh, and they tell you that, you know, the story of how they come into that million dollars and that it was given to them by an uncle who passed away and yada, yada. Imagine saying, well, you need proof that that uncle passed away and that he's the one that gave it to you and he was once the prince of a kingdom and X, Y, Z before you receive that million dollars, you know, maybe some of that, some of that would be wise to, you know, maybe you prevent receiving stolen, stolen goods. And I could see as one argument for that, but most people are going to take that money and run because it's something they can see the benefit. In. They, if someone's coming to you and giving you a million dollars, I don't think many people care where they got it from, how they got it, who gave it to them, whether it's an aunt or uncle, no one needs that proof. But when it comes to other things that are good for us, you know, working out, does it really, is it really beneficial? How much do I got to work out a, a week or a, a day? Or does it matter if I take a break? All these different things that avoid just simply using your body, challenging it to grow. You know, uh, was Jesus real? Did he exist? Did he die on the cross? Did he, was he actually resurrected? Who, who said what, what order, yada, yada and to prevent ourselves from leaning into a community that's, you know, ultimate goals to, to better themselves, to to grow spiritually and to, you know, come together and support one another. So that's just, that's the main point of the, the, the talk tonight is just to to look into that a little bit more. Um, if you don't take um, anything else that's said um, with more than a grain of salt, at least to look into that tendency that we have and and what we may be looking to avoid by um, repeating those, those sort of cycles. And, you know, I think most of that, most of what we're trying to avoid is discomfort. So you can, you can see how with the examples I've used, going to the gym, uncomfortable. Going into uh, interacting with people when you have, you know, trust issues and you've had, uh, things that in the past said to to trust someone, to rely on someone brings pain, of course you you find discomfort in um, going and engaging, interacting, surrounding yourself with people versus uh, isolating yourself. Um, with some other things, uh, eating healthy, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable when you become addicted to sugar and processed food. Uh, most of these things, uh, like we do with the Discover It, Discover it program, um, identifying, confronting, and being proactive. Any 
as that applies to anything internally, uh, past behaviors, uh, things like that, it's, it's uncomfortable. And so it makes sense for us to try to avoid at all costs any of those things. It's just that it can uh, help us to do that in such a tricky way. We don't realize that that's what's happening. I, I encourage everyone to just try to find that connection within themselves and just bring some awareness to that so that you can start to to address it. Uh, and, you know, again, that process, try to identify these things. Uh, when you do, to confront it, say, hey, maybe there another way that I could I can imagine would be more beneficial than the way that I've been doing it. And once you come to that conclusion, it's just, you know, ain't nothing to it but to do it, like Matthew says. So, um, yeah, thanks, Paul, for letting me share. I hope that, that wasn't too long-winded, but uh, I thought it was necessary. And uh, I'll give it to you if you've got any questions, Paul, or anything you'd like to elaborate. Very good uh, presentation t- uh, tonight, Ray. Um, let me ask you a question or two. Uh, do you feel, in your own opinion, that people are coming towards this church in this day and time or falling away? Um, you know, maybe I'm biased to my own experience. Uh, hopefully, we're, I, all right, so to, to, to clarify, I think that people may be coming to a belief in something at this day and age. And I believe that it's a, a result of having fallen away from for so many years. And that, that's also, a, you know, a hope. I hope that, and personally, uh, you know, just like with exercise, I don't care that somebody follows a particular routine, but I would hope that everyone finds some routine, some um process that helps them become closer to a a physical, you know, greater physical health. Same spiritually. I I hope that, you know, everyone is coming a little bit closer every day to a connection with something that they can believe in. And um, I believe that maybe that's the case currently because we've gone through so many years of chaos. Uh, I do know that the tide is you know, has been for a while moving away from religion, away from morality and, uh, you know, self-accountability. But potentially, you know, we're going through a time that's chaotic enough that people are realizing that they need to do something, you know, and maybe that is a lot of the issue is that we've gone away from some of that. So, you know, maybe that some of that's wishful thinking. And I do believe as always, there's probably, uh, worse to come before it gets better but my hope is that we're we're getting close to that point where people start coming back to uh to god to taking accountability for you know their actions and and being proactive doing something about it at one time you said earlier in your life you uh you didn't have very much faith what uh, happened in your life in order to uh, come to the faith aspect of your religion? That's a good question. Um, so I, I got baptized a couple of weeks ago, and that's one of the things that I said that, you know, uh, it feels that 
throughout my experience, God has been testing me and calling, calling out to me. And, uh, you know, in short, over time, it just become more and more undeniable. Um, and I, a lot of that has been through observation. You know, I'm, I'm very observative. I watch the world around me like a, you know, like a scientist in a lab. And it, it's become evident to me that, for example, you wouldn't look at a computer that functions flawlessly in its, uh, you know, intended design and question its, its creation, you know, a question that it was created by uh, someone with some intention. It's interesting to me that we can observe, if we do, uh, life and its complex, complexity, and then but we, we question its creator. We question that there is a creator. Nothing in life do we question whether someone created except for the the someone themselves, you know, the, the people, uh, life, the the uh, the framework with which we exist in, we que- we question whether that was created. And I, over time, through various experiences, it's it seems to be an undeniable um, realization that. Again, the as above, so below. Everything within our uh, grasp of perceptive reality has been created by something. And it's created to a, a degree of design that, to me, the, the design has to have been created as well. You know, it's just to argue what created it, how it was created, to me, is is uh, irrespective or irrelevant to the fact that it was and 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 would have to have been created just like anything else is created in its fat in its light. You know, that's why they say like we're created in God's image. And I think that, you know, we create in a similar fashion. It's all possible based on a a design that makes it so. And I think to argue that it was ra- that it's random I've never seen anything in life be so complex and be random. You know, like like I said, to create a an Apple computer, imagine throwing a bunch of pieces in a box, shaking them up, and out comes with an iPad. It just doesn't happen. It's this very specific intention and intellectual thought process that goes into creating something that functions at that level. And to argue that life itself came about in some random way, and life is more com- complex than anything we could have ever created. You know, we, we only create within the framework of life. We don't even know how to go beyond that. But yet we believe the framework itself is random. Uh, to me, that's, to me, that's uh, some form of insanity and delusion. And I think that it's throughout my experience as well, it seems to always stem from pain, you know, when someone's in pain and they're suffering, then they doubt and question everything. But when they find peace in coming to God, it becomes clear, you know. And uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know anyone who is truly at peace and happy 
who believes that nothing means anything and everything is random and there's no God and, and when you die you go nowhere and none of it means anything. I I don't see anyone existing in that frame, you know, of mind with that outlook. It is uh flourishing and happy and at peace. But that's another thing that's always called me to God is that I've had multiple encounters and it, at monumental, you know, uh um milestones of my life where I witnessed in people, you know, who have given themselves to faith and to God, it's it's just it's a glow. I I've seen it in uh Christians. I've even seen it in some in some Muslims. Um I think that there's a a slight difference. I don't want to get into the, the difference of the religions and and you know, things of that nature, but I think you're going to find something exceptional in people who have faith, who believe in a power higher than them, who set their pride aside enough to serve that which is greater than themselves. It's something unexplainable and something I'd rather live more in alignment with than this, uh, this belief that nothing means anything and it's all pointless and, you know, uh, random. It doesn't matter what you do. You, you know, you can, you can never have any, you know, control of your life and your, um, uh, the outcome and things like that. To me, that goes back to the power of faith in church beyond the, um, necessary explanation or proof is that you simply live a better life. You know, whenever you align yourself with something higher than yourself, you believe that there's a, there's reason reason to uh, live in some ethical, moral way uh, with some some uh, some guidelines and uh, a desire to do right and to do better. Uh, I just think that that's a better way to live, whether it's whether it's true or not, whether this, whether Jesus Jesus is coming back or whether when you die you go to heaven in the sky with you know pearly gates and golden streets, to me it's very uh, besides the point um, in in what I've discovered. So that that brings me to where I am today. Very good, very good. I uh, I got a blessing out of the presentation this evening, and I'm sure that our audience got also a blessing too. I want to thank you again for you know the testimony and presentation. Uh, I look forward to hearing more experiences in your in your life in the near future. Anything else you want to say, Ray, before we get off this conference call tonight? No, but I think I said. Said as much as I can say in one podcast. Thank you, and uh, we'll talk to you next Thursday night, seven thirty. Uh, everybody, talk to their friends, relatives, and enemies. Seven thirty next Thursday night at five one eight nine nine two ten fifty eight. Access code. Six five five one four five. We will see you all next week 
Thursday at 7.30. Thank you now.